Hey everybody, this is Dane jumping in in the beginning. Just to tell you that for this episode there wasn't a ton of news and there's only four comics that we actually reviewed. So for the most part, I mean for a large chunk of the beginning part, we talked about Star Wars. And um, if this is your first time listening, you might want to listen to one of our earlier podcasts to, to see our brilliance. <laughs> The hell of a laugh for that. <laughs> Our brilliant. Hello. You are listening to the Batfans podcast brought to you by the Batmanuniverse.net. Enjoy the show. And this week we have new outro music. Uh, this is... I forget her name. <laughs> Damn. See <laughs> how uh, oh, prepared we are, Kevin? <laughs> Aren't you glad you joined this podcast? Uh, yeah, it's far, at least I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm... I'm Way over my head. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. If anything, we're way over our head. <laughs> See how prepared we are? Hey everybody, it's another Bad Fans Podcast, because uh, we couldn't think of a different name. And today we have with us... Uh, oh wait, first off, I need to I need to think of the number. What's the number, Tim? Is <laughs> it um 16? We are on number 16, yes. Our podcast oh. is old enough to drive. <laughs> it's old enough to drive, or at least old enough to get our driver's permit. There you go. Right? We don't know if we could pass the test yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> We need, we need to work on our parallel parking and our um, stopping before the, the stop line. But uh, besides that, we have Terrence with us. Terrence, hello again. It's your yeah, second I, episode, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's good to be here. It's not a problem. Not a problem at all. <laughs> Pretty I much know, all I you need to do... Go ahead, go Terrence. Ahead. I was going to say, I knew last week, you know, if I gave Batwoman a bad review, I'd, I'd never be back. But, you know, I liked it a lot, so here I am again. So, yeah. Okay, so tell us the truth. Tell you. What was your original score? Was it a two, a three? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was honest. I, I actually really enjoyed Batwoman, it, you know, and Star Wars, too. I knew I'd be gone, too, if I didn't like Star Wars with Tim. So <laughs> You're playing up both ends great, so it's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we also have... Tim with us. Tim, what has been happening in your life? Uh, was there some big announcement or something? I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to anything, really. Yeah, so probably I would say Tuesday, October 30th is one of the greatest days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Greatest days of your life. I like that. When we come out to find out you're getting a new Star Wars movie. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Not think, only a new movie, a new trilogy. Yes. Sounds like. Oh, man, that just made my day. <laughs> and I, I was thinking to myself before, like, after Dark Knight Rises, what what else is there as far as a big movie that I'm looking forward to? Like, that was, I thought that was going to be it, unless there's another great Batman trilogy that's going to come out that maybe might surpass Nolan's trilogy, but I thought that was kind of be it. But now, 
with the new Star Wars trilogy, there's a reason to live again. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason to live. So, so you're saying um, after 2005 you kind of died? I, I should say after 2005 it was okay for me to die. <laughs> oh, okay. But then we got uh, Batman Begins, and now I couldn't die till after. So we got the sequel to that. After Dark Knight, it's like, oh man, now I definitely have to stay alive after. 2012. <laughs> good thing the, the autopilot was fixed in your life to yeah. survive at the end. So, yeah. Good thing, yes. But now, yeah, that's right. how the Dark Knight Rises should have ended with, like, uh, instead of meeting at an Italian cafe, they should have met online for episode seven of Star Wars <laughs> instead. <laughs> I always had this fantasy I'd see, meet you at Star Wars. <laughs> no, Bruce should have, he was still in the prison, and then he finds out on the TV screen somehow. That's yeah. that the determination to get out. <laughs> yeah. It's not conquering his fear. It's trying to get to a movie theater by 2015. <laughs> yeah, but now when you think about it, if everything pans out, 2015 could probably be the best year of movies ever. If you got Star Wars coming out, The Avengers 2, and then hopefully, if it turns out to be good, Justice League movie. I mean, could you imagine yeah. all that? I was thinking about the um, Justice League movie, and... Um, I was thinking about like worst directors that could ever um, uh, direct it, and uh, I mean the the obvious is Joe Schumacher, yeah. uh, Michael Bay, of course, and I would also submit um, that director Mick G, who did the Terminator Salvation and all those uh, Charlie Charlie's Angels uh-huh. movies. Yeah, he would be terrible a, a terrible director for the new Justice League movie. Still haven't seen Terminator Salvation. I have it on Blu-ray, but still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> haven't even opened it yet. Yeah. But Christian Bale doesn't even save it, huh? No, you know, uh, that movie's got one of the greatest trailers. If you ever look on YouTube, it's got like this Nine Inch Nails song playing, and it's an amazing trailer, and the trailer is a million times better than the movie. When I, the movie is just terrible. Wow. But the, the trailer is great. I even I showed that to my brother one time. like, you got to see this trailer, but don't see the movie because it's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> But um, speaking of trailers, Tim, what movie was attached? Or I should I, I shouldn't say that. What? Yeah, yeah I should maybe I should say it like that. What movie was attached to the Phantom Menace trailer, the first one? Attached to a few. I know the ones is Meet Joe Black and uh, The Water Boy. I think were the two main ones that everyone went to go see <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> so, so that's why those movies made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that was the first trailer to premiere, or not premiere, but to make its way online. I think that was the first, very first movie trailer that did that. Right, yeah. right. I know The Matrix came out just a couple months before Phantom Menace, and a lot of people thought that did so well because people were just, like, itching to go see Star Wars and see sci- science fiction, and that came out. Yeah. So maybe somebody will try to make a quick science fiction movie a couple months right before Episode Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm curious to see what... Um, I would probably say 2014 is when we'll see our first trailer going by how all the other ones premiered for it. I wonder what big movie that will be attached to. Some hopefully it's not like, yeah, hopefully it's not something stupid that I have to go pay $70 yeah. for, <laughs> like a Twilight movie or whatever. No, it's got to be some Disney movie, I would think. It'll probably be oh, know, yeah, yeah. one of the yeah. Marvel, Marvel movies. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. What comes out in uh, 2014? I think it's Captain America 2 comes out in 14, so that might be our first look at it. Yeah, as long as it's not a stupid movie that I don't, I don't care about, <laughs> but I mean, I mean a movie that I can actually go and see. 
I mean, want to sit down and see. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Tim, so your life has been changed. Big time, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised, too, that um, I wasn't even – I think I found out about it, like, a, not right away, like maybe a half hour later since it got announced. Because I was just sitting down eating lunch, and then my brother comes in my room, he's all, hey, what's this thing about uh, Star Wars or Lucas movie about this by Disney, and it's going to be episode th- uh, 7, 2015? Uh-huh. Like, that's probably just some joke or someone's just saying that I just look online. Everywhere I look, it's a Lucasfilm bought by Disney. Episode 7 coming. I'm like, whoa. I was, yeah, I was right. pretty much speechless. Right. <laughs> it's so unexpected. Yeah, and like, I mean, the thing was is, I mean, I was afraid to say anything to you <laughs> because I, I, I was afraid it was like a hoax or something. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, quietly be excited. <laughs> And then you, yeah, then you texted me, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, st- I was at work, and I literally stopped everything that I was doing to look look up news for this thing. Yeah, it was, crazy. it was even hard to concentrate on work afterwards. I was, like, sending some work emails, and then in the heading, I would put episode seven or new Star Wars by accident. Like, oh, shoot, <laughs> i got to delete that. But I think the lesson here is uh, never trust movie directors because – they're pretty much just liars. Yeah. <laughs> you got Lucas saying he'll never do another trilogy after he was done with episode three and saying he wouldn't want anyone else to do it. Now we're getting this. Chris Nolan said we'll never see a Robin in the, his Batman movies, and we sort of got one in Dark Knight Rises. So, yeah. <laughs> never believe a director. <laughs> well, to be fair, he's not um, He's not going to be directing it. So. Yeah, but all, all I kept saying was, this is it. I'm done with Star Wars. I, I'm happy. I'm finished with it. It's complete. And episodes seven, eight, nine—I don't know really where that started from. It's just something I maybe could have done, but now he's saying, "Yeah, I've always had it in the back of my head that was going to be nine movies." So I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> so, so Tim, um, who would be the worst director to direct um, the new trilogy? Besides the guys you mentioned already. <laughs> yeah, Schumacher. yeah. Schumacher, Michael Bay, and Mick G. <laughs> I would throw uh, Brett Ratner in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Shanghai um, Noon or whatever. <laughs> X-Men, Last Stand. Ooh, what a stinker. <laughs> uh, I do like Rush, the first Rush Hour movies. Uh, <laughs> he has that. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. He he directed uh, Rush Hour. I thought he directed the Shanghai Noon Jackie Chan movie or whatever. <laughs> they're pretty much almost the same, really. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty much the same. Jackie Chan is living in China. He comes to America to try to fight crime. Just replaced the uh, Chris Tucker with uh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even George Lucas. He but, needs to walk away. You know what? As much as uh, he's, I wanted to say, I'm glad he's staying on as a creative consultant and that it's his stories, but he is not the greatest director, so I can no. with that. But I'm just glad he's still going to be involved with some because to have it be seven, eight, nine. I want it to be his story and not something else. I mean, if they're going to do, they even might do spinoff movies after they're done with this trilogy, like maybe have it set in different time periods or something like that. But if it's continuing on with the main storyline, I want it to be from him. So that was one worry I had. But now that he is considered a consultant and he has a treatment already for the trilogy, I'm happy. So. <laughs> yeah. I want to see one. I mean, I want to see a, a trilogy about the old Republic. That's what I want to see. That would be cool, yeah. But I, I mentioned to you in a text, I don't want that to be 7, 8, 9, though. Cause it, right, right, because they're kind of out of the, the be, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. It would be minus 
one minus two. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan would be a great director for oh, man. Like, like I mentioned to you guys, if that happened, I don't think I'd be able to see it because I would have died. Of- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would have had a heart attack or a uh, stroke. Was- well, that was it. Oh, the other day I, I, I went on the on. Uh, Yahoo, I hadn't heard anything, and it came, you know, how it comes up, like, top ten stories, and over there, it, one of the top ten stories was Star Wars Episode Seven. so I was like, what the heck? And I clicked on it, and every time I clicked on it, it would take me to some article about Green Day doing a song for the Twilight movie. And I'm like, what? It, it was like a bad joke, and every time, so then finally I went to, like, Google and typed in Episode Seven, and it came up with all of it, but it, it also came up with a list of, like, top ten directors for episode seven and you know Christopher Nolan was on that. That's what made me go like, Oh my goodness. Imagine that I mean he is a big Star Wars fan. He was at the uh they had a special screening of Empire Strikes Back for its thirtieth anniversary and he was in attendance there. And he and he's mentioned it a few times so geez, just the thought of that <laughs> it's like yeah. it would just make this already great news even better. <laughs> it would be the icing on top of the cake exactly, yeah. for you. For you personally. I'd like to see him do like a low budget Star Wars, like like kind of like Memento with like a stormtrooper waking up with no memory or something and going back. You know, like I don't know how he'd do it. I mean, well, I guess the Dark Knight Rises was very wide scale, but he's so good with like the little stuff. It would be it would be pretty awesome. Yeah, before I know one of the knocks on Nolan was how he does action sequences that they're not the greatest. Mm-hmm. I think after Dark Knight Rises. Uh, he put he put that aside for <laughs> some cool active sequences of that, so I don't think he has that knock against him anymore. Yeah. So, so yeah, he'd be beyond perfect, I think. Yeah, I never got that because I thought the action scenes in The Dark Knight were awesome, especially with the the middle scene with the Joker where they flipped the uh, yeah. tractor trailer and everything. I mean, that was just perfect for me. My so. my only thing with him was as far as the first two movies was kind of how the he shot the actual like. Uh, fight sequences, like hand-to-hand fights. Sometimes it's like it just, the shots would be too quick, I thought. Okay, it's kind of yeah. hard to make out some of the moves they were doing. But then when we saw in the Bane and Batman fight, like, <laughs> you saw everything perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I guess you can make the connection between Bane and his mask and Vader. <laughs> Maybe that was a, a slight hint at what's to come. I'm sure that because, was... Like, be, because, I mean, this deal has been going on for a while now, so... Maybe. <laughs> no one was trying to sneak his way in there. <laughs> right, right. He's like, hey, look what I can do. I can make a guy that breathes weird and stuff and wears a mask and has a creepy voice. Except it's not uh, James Earl Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Bane's voice, I don't know if you guys seen it, but I just saw it on YouTube recently, the uh, the Dark Knight Rides trailer, but in French. Oh, no. Oh, Bane's yeah. voice? It sounds really cool in French. It has this, like, cool, it sounds even, the tone's even deeper. It sounds way more, like, menacing and evil than the, what we actually got. It sounds pretty cool, even though you can't understand what he's saying, but... <laughs> Unless you speak French, too. Yeah. 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 You should check it out. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so, when the Dark Knight Rises Blu-ray comes out and they have the French audio track, might have to watch it like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I was, um... I should have went out last night or something, or did, did something, but, uh... In honor of this news, I uh, stayed home and watched uh, my Blu-rays. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm a loser. No, no I, I, I haven't yet. I haven't seen the... Uh, you got to see the deleted scenes. The, the thing is, is the, the, the all six movies look so amazing in Blu-ray form that, I don't know, I, I just cannot stop watching the... Uh, <laughs> 
the movie yeah. itself. I mean, especially that Darth Maul fight in uh, episode one. Yeah, that, that that fight is amazing. That movie actually on DVD looked the worst out of all of them, but they did a real good good job cleaning it up for the Blu-ray. Just for some reason, the quality wasn't good on it. Speaking of Blu-rays, too, I think we're officially one month away from the Dark Knight Rises Blu-ray, too. I can't believe it's only a month away. It seems like we were just talking about a few months ago where it's all the way not till December. Yeah. And now just a few weeks away, we'll have it. Yeah, four months we've been waiting for the or six months, right? Yeah, just about. All the, those four years we've been waiting for the Dark Knight Rises movie, and now we're, the Blu-ray's already here. Like, yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, the longest wait was actually waiting for the movie. <laughs> that 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 killed me. And, and I can imagine this 2015 date for uh, yeah. Episode 7 is killing me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was, <laughs> was kind of surprised it was as soon as 2015, because right. usually most Star Wars movies are three years apart. I thought it would be kind of how it would be after the announcement would be three years. They're even saying for the sequels, too, that it's, they're planning on a two-year gap between them, which would be interesting. But but you know what that could imply? That they've been working on Episode 7. Yeah. I'd, At least a yeah. very little bit, they've been working on it. So, yeah, I would definitely say so. Production art and probably, I would say maybe even sets or, like, models and stuff like that, getting things ready. Right, right. So, yeah, they've been working on it. And it took uh, Lucas, what, five years to... Um, to get episode one out. Um, he actually started actually writing in 94. Right, right. So, yeah, this is about five years. Oh, so, so they have been working on something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that they didn't just think of this run they, when Disney acquired Lucasfilm that they said, okay, let's make another movie. <laughs> so now... And, and, and the thing... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Disney has everything, but now they all they need for me to be happy is get the DC property. <laughs> Which I know is never going to happen, but to have everything under one roof. <laughs> that would be a juggernaut. Yeah, <laughs> there'd be no stopping him. I don't think there's going to be anything stopping him now with Marvel and Star Wars, but that kind of got me thinking, too, about the whole Warner Brothers and DC thing, what they're going to do, because this seems so far behind now with Marvel and what Disney's doing with all that. It's, they really need to step up their game now for this Justice League movie and their whole DC universe if they even plan to make a DC Universe movie series. But I was going to say, in Star Wars, I'm, I'm really curious to see when they start announcing, like, who's cast for the movie and which which characters maybe from the la- from you know uh, Return of the Jedi will make it to seven and how far, how many years have passed since from six to seven. So that'll, I, that's, I, I'm more interested in that than the trailers yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. So, Tim, what would you do if uh, a couple of years from now, maybe a year and a half, two years from now, they... They announced that Justin Bieber is going to be playing oh, Negro. Then. <laughs> oh, man. Way to knock down my excitement. <laughs> Justin Bieber is Luke Skywalker Jr. Yeah. On the mission to find out what happened to Jar Jar Binks during episodes 4, 5, and 6. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Episode 7 will be the quest for Jar Jar. And <laughs> Talk about a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Uh, just the thought of that. <laughs> the thing is, they have to get the casting right. They really do. Because just, you just gotta know what characters are gonna be. Because, of course, in the EU after Return of the Jedi, there's a the whole Skywalker family has grown, and Han and Leia's kids are like the next generation of the Jedi. And if they're even gonna go that route or create their whole new thing and not 
based anything off the books that came after Return of the Jedi. That's what I'm really curious about. I'm hearing that it's going to be an original story, but I wonder if they're going to pick and choose certain things or certain characters from the EU books to put in the new movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be like what Christopher Nolan did with the Batman trilogy. There's certain characters and there's certain uh, situations that were in the EU, the um, Star Wars EU, but... They're incorporated differently. Yeah. I think that would make a good movie. Because I would be happy with if they took the characters that are from the EU, but do their whole new different story on it. Don't base it off a book, but just have the same characters. Because I would like to see, like, Han and Leia's kids in it. Luke has one kid who's who's a Jedi, but... Yeah, so so what are the chances of uh, Harrison Ford playing an old Han Solo? Harrison Ford, I think it's pretty much zero chance. <laughs> <laughs> He said it before how we would never do another Star Wars movie. I mean, for some reason, he likes Indiana Jones, but he hates Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I know. I don't. I don't get it. I think, and he wanted him to die, or Han Solo to die in Return of the Jedi. He wasn't happy that he didn't. So maybe right. the way they can get him back is that they promise him Han Solo will die in this movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty confident that I think Mark Hamill's going to return as Luke, have him take over as the mentor role, and I actually do think if he is in it, we may see him die in the first movie, because it kind of goes along with episode one and episode four, where Qui-Gon dies, and then Obi-Wan dies, and then for the start of this new trilogy, Luke would die. So, if he's in it, I, I have a pretty strong feeling that we may see the death of Luke Skywalker. Oh. <laughs> that, would be, that would be sad. <laughs> it would be kind of hard to, to kill him off. I just hope he goes out in a fight, not not like Yoda, where he just dies sickly in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> Go out like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. <laughs> That'll be happy. <laughs> but, but, Tim, was there anything else you wanted to say about uh, Star Wars, the big announcement, George? Um, I guess the last thing was like, kinda, it's kind of sad to see that Lucasfilm was not going to be George Lucas's company anymore, that it is going to be owned by Disney. I mean, I think it's definitely in good hands with Disney, but I always like the fact that it was his own like <laughs> empire, I guess you could say, that he created it. It's all his. He has total control over it. So it's kind of sad to see him step down and walk away from it. But in the end, it's for the best as we're getting new Star Wars movies, and that's all <laughs> I really care about, knowing that we're getting new Star Wars movies, so I'm not going to complain about anything else. So. Yeah, I thought we were going to have to wait till he died before there was exactly. more Star Wars movies. But, yeah, this is awesome. How would you feel if, like, Episode Seven took place, like, right after Return of the Jedi, and they cast new actors as Luke and Han and... Princess Leia. Yeah, that I wouldn't be too happy about. <laughs> if they're going to have those characters in it, just have a set years after it to how they are now. Because that, that would be a mistake, I think. I, I don't think they're going to go that route anyway. At least I really, really hope not. <laughs> well, I just saw a line, uh, an article online that's who should play Princess Leia. And they had all these young actresses with that. <laughs> but that's just like, I think it's from E! Online, so it's not the most reputable. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go that route, then you're going to say, oh, maybe we should just... Like, redo the original trilogy with these new actors. Or let's reboot it to how we want it, so... Oh, uh, I hope uh, hope that's not it. I hope they're not rebooting it. Um, no, they won't. I don't yeah. think that'll ever happen. If it does, not till like, 50 or 100 years down the line. <laughs> but. That's what I'm saying. Um, Justin Bieber is Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, time to move on. <laughs> yeah. So, so if they if they really did that, like they're they're saying, okay, Justin Bieber is uh, well, well. I mean, first off, they say they're um, they're rebooting uh, four, five, and six. They're gonna re- do a redo on that, and um, 
Justin Bieber is going to be cast as Luke Skywalker. Would you, um... I would never see that movie. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) You, um, would you even uh, follow Star Wars anymore? Yeah, I'd still follow Star Wars, but I wouldn't see that movie if he's in it. I don't think any reboot of the original trilogy, just the thought of that, this this seems implausible to me because they're so timeless. You can't say that, oh, that looks out of date or maybe some of those original special effects maybe, but the like the look and the, the characters, the world's like nothing it's timeless. They'll never go out of date. So there would never right. be a need to reboot it. But anyways, um I think we've talked Star Wars to death. Even though that's kind of impossible to do. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry to but, any Batman fans who yeah. <laughs> care less about Star Wars but <laughs> not too not too much uh Batman talking that but anyways, um the only real piece of news we have this this episode is uh, Little Gotham. Um, I I know Dustin was really into Little Gotham, and he uh, he asked Dustin Nguyen when it was coming back, and Dustin Nguyen didn't really have an have an answer for him. But um, this really doesn't interest me. Uh, how about not you guys? Even, not even those Stephanie Browns in it though. <laughs> that I may have to pick that. Yeah, I may have to pick that up. But it's kind of ridiculous that that's her. That's gonna be her only <laughs> appearance in. Uh, the new 52. At least besides, they um, uh, Batman Inc. Yeah, at least they didn't replace her with a barber like they did in the small bill. No. <laughs> At the last minute. Yeah. What about you, Terrence? Well, you know, um, if this was every comic book was like this, then I wouldn't read comics. But um, it was a fun little change of pace. It was only 99 cents. And um, I did like the little Gotham stuff every now and again in the Dustin Nguyen's art with uh, Stephanie Brown and that stuff. So it was a cute little read. It was kind of funny. Damien had some funny moments. It's basically Bruce and Damien, um, and Damien's never seen Halloween or Trick or Treat before. And, you know, Bruce is trying to explain to him, and he doesn't get it. And he beats some guys up who were dressed like the Joker. And um, But it's it's kind of – it's very juvenile, very silly, very funny. But it, it had a few good laughs. It's definitely worth 99 cents. It's a quick read because it's a digital short, so I think it's only like eight or nine pages or so. So it's it's not doesn't take very long. So it's kind of funny. And um, – Actually, the the art is really good. It looks like it's painted. It looks like it's watercolor painted. Or so, even though it's kind of like the the younger kids, a lot of the background stuff and a lot of the things are cool. And there is Stephanie Brown, but it's not Stephanie Brown. I don't think it's a trick or treater dressed like Stephanie Brown in her old costume. Uh, um, no, but um, uh, it's still kind of cool to see. Like, oh, they, they know at least someone's not forgot her. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it was what it was. So um, well, I guess I, you don't have to get it now, Dan. <laughs> Yeah. Although my big news for comics this week is is kind of nerdy, but um, I got a retweet from Scott Snyder. He had uh, put something on Twitter oh, nice. about. Yeah, someone tweeted him uh, about. Uh, asked him, did um, did he think Joe the Joker could carry his own book? And he retweeted back, yes, I think he could. So I tweeted him. I said, well, then you have to write it. And he wrote back, like, no, uh, th- this death in the family is. Um, or death of the family. That that's my Joker story. That's it. So, um, so this is like, hey, that's cool. But other than that, it's been a slow week. <laughs> or he could just be pulling a Lucas. And he already has plans for another Joker story, even though he says he's he could. <laughs> yeah, although his big thing, he's doing that Man of Steel book with uh, Jim Lee. So I yeah. guess it's going to come out when the movie sort of comes out. So um, 
I'm just hoping that turns into finally having a good Superman comic on the shelves, because, gee, yeah. the Superman title hasn't been good from issue one, besides maybe a hand, like maybe two or three issues. And then Action Comics started off good, but then it got into typical Grant Morrison, where yeah, <laughs> really don't know what the heck's going on. It's like traveling <laughs> to different times and stuff. So that lost its edge, so if anyone can bring Superman back, it's Snyder. So. But Jim you Star, too, man, should be awesome. Are you still reading Superman? Or? This is actually the first month I didn't pick up Superman since the new 52. I figured okay. since I think there's, there's a new creative team on it now, and they're starting a new arc, so I'm really not even going to bother unless later on I hear, ooh, it's an amazing story that finally gets Superman right and is a good read. But until then, I won't be picking it up for a while. Yeah, I stopped, too, this month. That's why I, was, I did for the same reason, because they're doing a big crossover, too, with Supergirl and Superboy yeah. and... Something else, man. I think, and so I was just like, I can't. But the the creative team of the, the guys who are on Red Hood and the Outlaws. Oh um, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. <laughs> and so now they're doing Superman. I forget. Scott Lobdell is the writer, and Rockin' Four, Rockin' Four, something like that is the Rock the artist. Short. Yeah. So they're. So I was just like, I'm not. I'm not going to join that. <laughs> I'll save my wallet. Yep, I had the exact same idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And speaking of. Uh, Dropping comics, I've officially dropped uh, Catwoman uh, <laughs> this week, uh, and I've I've dropped Red Hood, and I've dropped um, one more book. I can't remember. No, anyways, um, yeah. So I'm officially not getting Catwoman anymore, and I might uh, be right behind. You. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a, at least two issues more <laughs> until the. Officially, it's done tied in with the death of the family, which, if that last issue we got was it, then <laughs> what a big disappointment, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But Terrence, uh, you said you had to, uh, you bought it twice last time. Was it any better a second time when you got the actual printed version of Catwoman? <laughs> yeah, I still haven't got it. It, 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 uh. it should come once a month, so it should be coming sometime next week, so... Um, uh, I don't even I don't, I don't even know if I'll open up the printed version. I think that might just go <laughs> straight right in the long, long box. box. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least at least um, at least I'll save some room. I think I, like I'm running out of room. I've got so much comics. It's yeah. insane. I know what you mean. I mean that's kind of gets me going to wanting to do some some titles in digital pretty soon because room is not right. going to last forever. So. <laughs> Yeah, and not to mention if your if your house catches on fire, oh, <laughs> those yeah. things are going up like like that, gas. That's the worst scenario for me. I have so much stuff that I want to get out <laughs> saved that I don't even know where to start. For, first, you'll get all the, the Star Wars stuff. You'll throw out like your your uh, your trooper helmet and like all <laughs> your Star Wars stuff just straight onto the ground, and then you'll be throwing out long boxes and. Well, I'll be wearing uh, one of the helmets to save. Oh right. You nerd! You nerd, Tim. Yes, I. I can just see that on CNN, you know, like with the you know storm of the century, and that, there you are out with your helmet, like evacuated. <laughs> oh, uh, well. Hopefully your house doesn't burn down, Tim. But, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but maybe we should uh, do some comics. I mean, unless there's nothing else you guys want to talk about or if you guys saw anything else. Now, I have to say, this has been one of the slowest two weeks of Batman news there is. <laughs> there has been yeah. in a long time. <laughs> yeah. All right, so was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, not, not too much going on. 
All right, so I guess we can get into some comics. Um, again, it's a it's another light week. Uh, for October 24th, we have Dark Knight number 13 and Batman Inc. number 4. And for October 31st, we have Batgirl Annual number 1 and Batman Beyond number 9. And our rating skill for this week is going to be books and news that didn't come out. <laughs> How fitting. <laughs> Even though we have four books, but <laughs> not the normal note. Yeah, it's still a lot, but it's not the it's not what we would like. So, since Terrence, you didn't read any of them, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Tim, for the week of October 24th, well, where would you like to start us off at? I guess we'll go ahead and start off with Batman Inc. number four. And with this one, I'm sorry, I'm just, (laughs) with the whole Batman Inc. storyline, I've said this before, it just seems like an afterthought now where they're just trying to finish it up. So, until Grant, so Grant Morrison's story run on Batman is over. It just seems unimportant right now because you got the whole thing going on first with the Court of Owls and now with the Joker. This whole thing with Leviathan, it just doesn't seem as big as it used to be when it was going on before the New 52. And with this issue, you mainly had Batman and all the other members of Batman Incorporated taking on like the League of Assassins that uh, Leviathan has gathered up. They pretty much all take him down. You see Batwing, you see uh, Knight and Squire, and some of the other members. But then, yeah, the big thing in this one was Damien sneaking into it as uh, Redbird, because in the previous issues, Batman told him to stay put since Talia put a bounty on his head, but he sneaks in here anyway. And then he teams. There was another uh, member of Batman Incorporated who's like I wouldn't say working with Damien, but they kind of in this issue cross paths. And then it's revealed that this other member of Batman Incorporated turned out to be Jason Todd, which I didn't really see coming and didn't see how it was going to fit in the story, but it was like the purpose of it was to make Damien real mad, which it did, because it was pretty much Batman tells him at the end that he wants him to stop being Robin. And he was kind of making like he kept this from him because it's pretty much that he wants to protect him by not being Robin since they have Talia's put that bounty on his head. And then this... It was just, I couldn't really get into it how Grant Morrison was trying to tell that story that Batman's trying to show Damien that Talia put him in like a situation that was impossible for him to like be manipulated in because he has Batman on one side and Talia on the other. Batman kind of wants to protect him from that, so he was pretty much wants to have Damien stay out of it. And that's how it ends, and then we get a preview that I think the next issue is going to be Damien from the future from Batman number six six six. I guess I don't know how that's going to tie in, but we're going to see future Damien again. So, but that's going to be awesome. Yeah, that could be probably one of the best issues of Batman Incorporated so far. But it wasn't necessarily bad. But I just, I just come to the point where I'm just not really as interested in the whole Batman versus Leviathan story anymore. Because we've had Court of Owls, which was a real great story since then, and now we're getting the Joker story. It just seems like uh, it's cool. It's there, but it would have been better if they just finished this all off before the New Fifty Two. So. If I had to score it, I'd probably just give it two and a half news and books that didn't come out this week out of five. Who is that on the cover of the? Is that Redbird and who's the other guy? Yeah, that's the guy Jason ended up being. I, for some reason, I can't remember his name right now. That's how much it left an impression on me. Okay, because that's the helmet we talked about last time. Yeah. There's a helmet in the background. I was like, who is that? Is that the Asbats kind of thing? But okay, so that turns out to be Jason Todd. Yeah. All right. 
And so he's in space right now with the red hood in that issue, and he's also here and <laughs> pretending to be this guy in Batman Incorporated. They should. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I said they should have just came out with it as a trade paperback, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like Jason would even do something like this because he tries to keep his distance from the Bat Family as much as possible, mm-hmm. and he seems he's going to come back a little bit for the Joker storyline, which is a big enough reason, but to do this to help. Uh, Batman prove a point to Damien. Like, I don't know if he'd do that. Hey, uh, speaking of which, did you see that picture that uh, Greg Capullo put on Twitter today with, like, Batman crying? Yeah, uh, I did see yeah, that. Yeah, or I shouldn't say crying, but, like, a tear coming out of his eye. It looked like he was being punched in the face and a tear. That was kind of intriguing of, you know, maybe, you know, why is Batman crying? Is someone going to die? So that's um, – I'm more intrigued by that than anything in Batman Incorporated. So. Yeah. No, I'm just flipping through the issue again because when I read it, it was like, okay, it didn't leave too much impression on me. But how it ended, I always mentioned it was going to be about uh, Damien in the future again. Batman pretty much says that Damien's going to be, like, for some reason responsible for the world to be plunged into chaos if he continues to be Robin or Redbird. So he wants, that's why he wants them to quit out of the superhero business, I guess. I mean, we'll probably see why Batman incorporated number five when it does the future Damien story, but. That's the cliffhanger it ended on, that Damon will cause chaos of the world. <laughs> he remains yeah. Robin. All right. Um, so I guess we can move on to the the Dark Knight number 13. Did you want to start this one off, Tim? Yeah, so Dark Knight number 13. Now, this is one I really liked. I mean, just having more of the scarecrow, what he's doing to Batman is just <laughs> twisted, and he's making some good points of... Of what fear toxins actually, it's revealed that Batman's kind of like having this battle in his mind with himself, though it's, he thinks it's the Scarecrow talking to him. But right. before all that, I just love the intro of, of still Scarecrow sells that little girl locked in that basement, and she's like pleading with him to be let go. Oh, but, but at the he same, gets me with that little girl. Yeah, but at the uh, same time, she, she doesn't hate him. It's like she says she'll forgive him, or like she won't hold it against him, or something like that. And that she's almost right. like kind of wants to be his friend. You get that impression sometimes. Yeah. It, just, it looks like Scarecrow just that makes him think about his troubled past with his father. And then we get that great shot of what he was actually put through with his father in that basement of what all the horrible things that were in there. We get like skeleton bones and like people making out. Yeah. yeah. Like, eh. No wonder he got crazy. Such <laughs> <laughs> was beer. Yeah, but it's probably what I really liked about it is that once Batman gets induced with that new gas Scarecrow gives him, is that kind of the battle in his mind he's having with himself where he gives that example of uh, some other person, I think his name is uh, Braxton, he kind of has a similar childhood as Bruce where he lost his parents in an accident, but he takes that like, tragedy in his life and turns it into something good where he helps out people, helps out children and uses money for like the good of society and all that. Where as Batman... It makes the point where he uses that as an excuse for him to go to the darkness, that that's his reason. I mean, he really kind of like to the point where his main goal isn't to help people, but it's just like a reason for him to plunge into the darkness and to act that way instead of being like that other person who would stays in the light but still uses his wealth to help people. Yeah, I I, I can't help but see the, I don't know if you want to call it flaws. Of Batman? You know, in Bruce's life theory. Mm Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with Batman. Yeah, that's I what know, I like about the issue because it kind of made you think, yeah. like, well, maybe Batman's way isn't 
quite the right way to be doing things. Like, there is a better way, but yeah. that makes you think for a little bit. Even though that's something you probably wouldn't want to think about that, what Batman's doing is actually not the best way for him to deal with this, but right. it was just cool that it made you think that. And then at the end, it was a, there's that great shot of Batman where Scarecrow leaves to get his scythe. <laughs> Who knows what he's going to do to Batman there, but when he comes back, Batman's gone from that operating table he was on. Yeah, and he's all back in his suit. He's saying that was a big mistake to leave the the suit in the same room with him. I thought that was a good way to do it. You, you know what scene I liked? You, you know, in the beginning where um, Batman has that laser in his uh-huh. in his wrist that cuts the chain, and then at the end of the issue, he's like he's looking at his hand. He's like, "Yeah, I didn't invent that, or whatever, <laughs> or something like that." Yeah, I didn't think that would work, or something like that. Yeah, I didn't. Live. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, because that first sequence where he escapes, and then we see yeah. him get sliced by the scarecrow. Like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how's he gonna get out of this? Up? And then you quickly start to realize that he's probably just induced by the gas still. Yeah, and for a second I thought that um, it was actually scarecrow talking to him. Yeah, he, same you here. know, t- telling him about how bad his life is and or how wrong he Bruce is running his life. And I was like, how does scarecrow know all this stuff about Bruce? I mean. Yeah. yeah. How did he find out? But, um, yeah, what would you give it, uh, Tim? I'm going to give it four. Um, no news in comics that came out this week. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and one other sequence, though, that I'm still questioning was the whole thing with uh, Scarecrow's dad as far as how he died. I mean, yeah. we just see him get shot in the back, but we don't see anybody. I was kind of thinking it was uh, Jonathan Crane who got out and shot him, but then it's revealed oh. that the police found found him in the basement still. Or maybe he shot his dad, went went back inside. Oh, but why would he do that yeah. if he was starving and stuff? Huh. So, or, or maybe that's when he became one with his fear. And he... he con- Or he conquered his fear, and then he went out, shot his dad, went back in, and then he was all right, and then when the sh- cops show up, he acted all scared. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see if he answers so, it. <laughs> like I said before... Uh, Hurwitz gets me with that with, with that little girl, you know, who's trying to uh, feel sorry or or empathize with with Scarecrow, no matter no matter what he does there. And um, you know, I I thought it was an interesting way to reveal Scarecrow's remorse and how it shows, you know, the hurt he experienced as a child. I mean, he he, he it seems like he doesn't um, he he's not all right with keeping that little girl in the yeah in the basement or whatever. Uh, it seems like he's tortured over that, but, um, you know, I, I think I've said this before on another episode, but it almost makes me feel sorry and, and relate to Scarecrow in a way that, that, that I haven't really before because, you know, he, he's always been this, this Batman villain that used fear and I actually find myself feeling sorry for him. So yeah. And, and and the rest of this issue is, you know, it's really compelling. Uh, it, and, and this whole issue is, is a really fast read. I found that I, I read through this issue like like nothing. Um, you know, I, I like seeing the, the comparisons between Bruce's life and, that, and the life of that Braxton guy. You know, they both came from good homes with, with rich parents, and they both watched their parents die in horrible ways. You know, Bruce's parents were, of course, shot, and... And Braxton's parents died in a in a plane crash, um, but you know the the big difference between the two is that Braxton accepted the light and 
and chose to move past the tragedy and and tried and and you know he found what he he had before before his parents were killed you know where where Bruce uh, accept, accepts the darkness and you know so on and so forth um, but yeah like like I said when you were, you were doing your review Tim I I can't help but see the flaws in in Bruce's theories and you know the the, the way he chooses to live his life but yeah anyways. Uh, this was another awesome issue by by Greg Hurwitz. It was it was creepy, and this issue more than any any of the other Dark Knight uh, Hurwitz run we've seen. Um, this one is a little more emotionally heavy, you know, especially when you know Scarecrow or Bruce's hallucination of Scarecrow says how he never gets close to anyone and and avoids human contact, and how Bruce, you know, had to be tricked into becoming a father. And doesn't really, really acknowledge Damien in public and how he took, he took in Dick, but he never fully adopted him to avoid the responsibility of getting close to another human being. But yeah, uh, nothing much happens action-wise in this issue, but, but Hurwitz, uh, you know, he, he more than makes up for, with all the, you know, the hallucination stuff and, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see what happens next and all that, that Bruce has overcome, you know, the new fear gas and, you know, he's out of his restraints. So I'm probably going to give this a four, four and a half out of five uh, comics and news that didn't come out this week. So Dane, how much would it get to you if that little girl ends up dying at the end of the story? (laughs) That would just be wrong. (laughs) I mean, mean, she, she's been so like brave. Yeah. (laughs) For, since you got kidnapped, and I don't know. That, that would be cruel of her to do. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be cruel. Yes. Should never get to grow up and see episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> the worst crime of all, isn't it? <laughs> all right, so for October 31st, we have Batgirl Annual number one and Batman Beyond number nine. Tim, start us off somewhere. I will start us off, I guess, with Batman Beyond number nine. Number nine, number nine. <laughs> <laughs> Any Beatle fans will get that reference. <laughs> uh, so yeah, another great addition to the Batman Beyond comic series. It's always still one of my favorite issues to read every month. The, this one, the Superman story kicked it off and finished that story, which I'm kind of glad with because I was kind of getting tired of that one when Batman wasn't in it. I thought it went on a little too long with Lex's daughter, so glad that one wrapped up. But the main... Justice League portion and the Batman Beyond solo portion were really good. The Justice League one, it kind of ended on a way I totally didn't expect as they're fighting this big serpent monster who attacked Apocalypse and now it's on Earth. The one thing Batman or Bruce gave to, uh, to Terry to combat it was something I didn't see coming. Cause the issue actually ended with uh, Terry turning into Etrigan <laughs> to take on this uh, serpent monster, which I'm really curious to see how that yeah, because Bruce just gave him, like, this potion or something, or this powder or something. Then he ends up turning into Etrigan, which I would think uh, Jason Blood, who had him before, was immortal. I mean, he had him all those years since uh, Camelot, so up to Bruce's time, so I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> I was like, well, what's going what? on? Terry's Etrigan? Like, whoa, I didn't see that one. <laughs> and, I don't know, I'm, uh, I'm just kind of sick of seeing Etrigan. <laughs> After that crappy David Fitch run. <laughs> we're barely in that one, too. But yeah, uh, I'm sure this will end up being a lot better than that. <laughs> who, 
whoever writes that book doesn't even have to try that hard. Yeah, that's <laughs> But probably my favorite story in this in this book was the continuation of just Terry on his own with the Joker's like committing suicide and blowing up a bunch of buildings in Gotham and him and Catwoman are trying to take him down. But this issue, we're finally getting other members of the old Batman family joining in on the fight. At the end, we see a, a Dick coming back, helping like Al Catwoman take out some Jokers. And then Terry, since Bruce is still in the hospital, Bruce is trying to, or Terry's trying to get in touch with uh, Tim Drake, asking him for his help if he can like kind of be do what Bruce does in the Batcave on the computer, monitoring and everything, trying to take care of the situation. But Tim's getting him a hard time because he's supposed to be done with the whole superhero thing. And after what happened with Return of the Joker. But I just like how all the old uh, Batman family members are getting uh, involved with this story again. So this one, it, it just ended basically with uh, Dick saying he's all in and offering his help, which I thought was pretty cool. He kind of looks like Nick Fury, though, in this comic series. <laughs> the old Nick Fury, where he has the great uh, hair and he has that patch on his eye. <laughs> so yeah, overall, another solid issue for Batman Beyond. I'd probably give it, uh, I'd just give it three and a half. Uh, news and comics issues that didn't come out this week. The Superman's one I thought kind of dragged it down just a little bit because it went on the longest and was the one that was least interesting to me, so three and a half. Alright, and I guess I'll start us off, I mean, uh, continue with the background annual number one. First off, the art by um, Admira <laughs> Wajaya. Is that Sounds his name? <laughs> Is that how you pronounce it? Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of um, weird names in Star Wars, so <laughs> uh, I was hoping for your help there. Um, hey, Qui-Gon yeah, is not a weird name. <laughs> <laughs> Qui-Gon. <laughs> Thank God that that was, uh, they actually said his name in episode <laughs> one, because it, it would have just ended up like Zaz or <laughs> John Jones. <laughs> like John Johns. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Or Gene Paul Valley, Jean Paul Valley. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the art was amazing. Um, well, at least for the first I, half, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until that other guy came in. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It it kind of had a Alex Ross feel to it. Yeah, but f- for the most part, I thought this annual was pretty forgettable. I don't know. I mean, I I just didn't like it. For one, I. I think that the owl's whole plan is really overused and generic. And I can't help but feel that there is no way in hell that the Court of Owls, who are really smart and skilled and stuff, would believe that that would work. But maybe I'm wrong, I guess. But um, the the second thing is that I felt that the dialogue was really bad, especially that that first scene in the beginning with with Gordon and that that prison guard. you know his his dialogue seemed very out of place and and really forced to the point where where I thought that he was acting or faking his his dialogue um, and and Selena also felt very out of place um, for a little bit in that beginning uh, you know, for for a second I was wondering why she was in this book because I can't recall and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, in the New 52, where S- Selena and Babs had any in- interaction whatsoever? I don't believe so. I mean, I unless it was from a story previously that transferred over to the New 52. Yeah, nothing that comes to mind. Right, I mean, right. Maybe Birds of Prey or something, because I know it's a book I haven't read, but... Right. 
Yeah, and on top of that, Selena doesn't really seem like the one to break into a prison. But I guess you could make the argument that she'll do anything for money. Yeah. She's willing to steal a chess piece. Like, I guess this shouldn't be too far to reach. Uh, you bring up a good point. <laughs> uh, but I did like Selena and Mary's interaction, you know, where Mary says that she never had a friend before. And Selena, out of nowhere, becomes Mary's friend. And, you know, even though Selena feels a bit out of place in the beginning, I felt that her and Babs, um, Babs' story come together really nicely. And I like how she, you know, takes the fall in the end. And Babs, you know, Babs does that whole inner monologue about about a hero or heroes, uh, you know, makes it a whole lot better. Um, and it was also great to see Babs and Selena fight the elves together. I mean, even if they were outmatched, um they they work together really well, and you know the chemistry between them is really, really well done. Um, and you know, in fact, all, all of the fight scenes were really well done in this issue. Um, yeah, so overall, I like I said, this issue was pretty forgettable. Uh, you know, because of that terrible generic plot with with the remaining Corvals and that Gardner guy. Um, yeah. You know, the issue had some of the right elements, but it was kind of erased by this crap story, crap main story. And, and the other thing, too, is, like, it's it's kind of a dumb move because, I mean, the, Babs finds out where this gardener guy is because some guy just told, tells her. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just thought that, that, I just thought that, that was lazy. Yeah, I mean, it, some it, old man out of nowhere just comes up. I know who you're looking yeah. for. Yeah, it, it just felt lazy and... I felt this issue overall was like a, um, a crap script by Gail Simone that was made better by the art. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm gonna give this two and a half out of five uh, comics and news that didn't come out this week. Yeah, I think I probably liked it maybe a little more than you did. I mean, I get what you're saying about the generic plot, and I did feel this was kind of a waste of story to use a member of the Court of Owls. As just that Gardner guy, like you said. I mean, it's not like they were doing this just to get back at Bruce Wayne for what he did to the Court of Owls previously, trying to ruin his whole, like, renovation of Gotham plan. That's like, which in itself, that story point seems to just show up at certain uh, comics, but it's never developed on. Like, is he ever going to put this plan into motion to get that renovation going? Right. It's like it's mentioned a few times, but nothing ever happens with it. It's taking forever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked how we got more of the that talent, Mary. Because I think you and me agreed on day when like that was one of the better uh, Night of Owls tie-in was her story. That was kind yeah, of how we got yeah. to see more of her. Yeah, but, I kind of want her to be a anti-hero kind yeah. of kind of thing, and maybe even like a sidekick to Bab sometimes. That's what I was kind of thinking. I was reading it. Like, was Catwoman really necessary? What if if the story was written differently where Batgirl had to spring her out of prison for some reason to get to get information on the Court of Owls for doing this? Or some, for something that would get Babs in there instead of Catwoman? And it would make more sense for her to get in there since she's uh, Gordon's daughter. She would know her, her way around the prison and probably have more access to get in and out and have her be more teamed up with Batgirl than Catwoman. Right. But like you said, the, her and Catwoman did play off together well in the end sequence, even though when that uh, 
Corvallis members said to finish Catwoman off quickly, that Talon took forever to slice her throat <laughs> as Bat was talking. <laughs> it's always the case. They never just, okay, you're dead. It's always, I'm going to monologue for a little bit and tell you how evil I am before I slice your throat. <laughs> no, it's like he, he tells the Talon, slit her throat and like make it quick. But then Barbara starts talking to Mary about it, like, you know what this guy did. He did this, what he's doing to these people is the same thing that happened to your family. By the time it took her to have uh, Mary snap out of it, uh, Catwoman's neck should have been sliced already. But <laughs> <laughs> you know how time slows down in movies. Like it's the same for comics too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really like the first portion of the art too. When I opened it up, I wasn't expecting to look like that. I'm like, oh man, this looks really cool. Just wish it could have lasted the whole issue though. It was it was a pretty. Yeah. Big change of art at the end. Yeah, it looks like it takes that guy a long time to do it, just like it takes Alex Ross forever to get out a cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the second half of it, the issue wasn't horrible, but it just, the inconsistency of it was the first part. It's something right. I just don't like when something looks that good and then it doesn't at the end. So I'd probably give it three news and comic stories that didn't happen this week. <laughs> I think I said that wrong. Was it news that doesn't come out or <laughs> doesn't happen on well? Comics and news that didn't come out this week. Okay. I said it happened. So. <laughs> um, Terrence, did you yes. read anything you wanted to review? You wanted to review here? Um, no, I, my shipment of comics hasn't come, so nothing um, this week. Um, and um, I was just trying to. I I had ordered every. Zero issue, so I was spent this week trying to finish those up, and um, most of those were pretty bad, actually, unfortunately. So, well, I guess once you get your Catwoman again, you can talk about that if you want. Yeah, oh yeah, well, <laughs> I'll do my own podcast, Catwoman Thirteen, <laughs> the Catwoman Thirteen podcast. Oh, panel, yeah. yeah. Each episode will be one panel. I'll spend. <laughs> The significance of why is that chess piece where it is? You, know? you can make it like a chess game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that's it for this week. You can check out our host site, The Batman Universe, at thebatmanuniverse.net, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse. Or, Tim, you can oh. even follow The Batman Universe on Twitter. Um, and the Twitter handle is at BanVanUniverse. Um, you can also find us on iTunes, and you can review us on there. And you can review all the other Batman Universe podcasts. And Tim? Yes. How many are there? We got three positive reviews. So keep them coming. <laughs> <laughs> Two, actually, because Terrence doesn't count because he's been on the podcast. <laughs> um, no, it counts. He got, he got the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's a crap ton of uh, uh, Batman Universe podcasts, and and Dustin's on all of them. On all of them, Tim. Every single one, except this one. Yeah, how come he's never on this one? <laughs> because he probably listened to it and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to skip this one. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a clone or a droid or uh, a cyborg, and he does a lot of podcasts. <laughs> So, yeah, you can rate and review us on there, too. Um, and please go to um, backgirltooracle.net if you need some more Stella Love in your life, if you need Stella Love 24-7. Uh, 
you came over there for all your Batgirl news and stuff like that, and she has a petition to get the Batgirl Year One animated movie back into production. And you can find that, and you can sign it, and you can look at it, and you can do stuff to it at gopetition.com slash petition slash Batgirl dash year dash one dash HTML. And finally, we have new outro music. Um, the music you're hearing right now, or shortly, in short, or shortly. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Coming soon. Um, is by Anne-Marie Doyle. She's from Water- Waterford, Ireland. I don't think we have any Irish listeners, do we? Oh, no, wait, we only have three. I'm sure they're all based in America somewhere. Yes, but I have actually been to Waterford, Ireland a long time ago, so. Oh, you did? How was it over yeah. there? Uh, it was alright. Uh, I, was, I was like a kid, and that's where they have like a big crystal factory there, so that's why I remember it. That's cool. Get some crystals. Yeah, actually, it really wasn't that cool, but thank you for oh. patronizing me. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just if, one way, yeah. if, if there's one way to end the podcast is to bash the the person that um, donated their music for our outro music <laughs> hometown. <laughs> it, was terrible. it was the worst place I've ever been. So no. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's from Waterford, Ireland. She was nice enough to donate her music to us for free. And we love her. If you need some more Anne Marie Doyle love. Do you? Yes. Any of you? Definitely. Okay. After hearing that, those songs. Yeah. I think we will. <laughs> I just had this image of Dane doing the podcast, like locked in his closet with the girl from the the Dark Knight comic, kind of in the corner too. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, that, would, that would be funny. Um, anyways, goodbye, everybody. We'll see you later. Don't worry about it, okay? We'll be back here in two weeks doing this again. So please do not worry at all for the next two weeks. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for having me on. On the 11th hour of the 13th day of the 5th month of the year You changed my life forever You filled it up with fear And pain and dread and things you'll never feel passion is what you wanted passion is what you get I hate you with the passion you're not through with me yet Someone take this body and teach it how to live without you. Someone take this brain and wipe all thoughts of you. Someone take this heart and bury it in the ground. And leave me alone with the unhappiness I found on the eleventh hour of the thirteenth day of the fifth month of the